0: We would like to welcome you this morning to Mission Bible Fellowship as Pastor Stuart Guthrie brings a message from God's Word. We hope it challenges, encourages, and strengthens your walk with the Lord. Well, again, it's good to be home. It's good to come home to good white snow. Uh, i tell you, it's two different worlds. We were out on the boat fishing in shorts and t-shirt just a few days ago, and now we're in long johns and jackets and everything else. Well, we had a good time in South Carolina and lots of fun fishing and hanging out with family, but to be honest, after about two weeks, I was ready to come home, so we're glad to be here. We're grateful, and and, uh, I don't know if we've told you lately, but we love you guys, and we truly did miss y'all, and it's a delight to be here in Sealy Lake serving the Lord and, and working alongside of you guys to reach this community for Christ, and that's my hope is that we reach many souls for Christ, and For those that are followers of Christ is that we grow in our faith and that we can become more made into the image of Christ. And Really that's what our message has to do with today is retaining a right relationship with Christ. And so if you will this morning turn with me to the book of John chapter 21. And we're just going to read this whole portion of scripture uh, basically to verse 23. So I'm going to start reading that if you will follow along. If you don't have your Bible this morning, we have slides and you're welcome to follow along on that. John chapter 21. After these things, Jesus manifested himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He manifested himself in this way. Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Canaan Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples were gathered. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, We will also come with you. And they went out and they got in the boat and that night they caught nothing. But when day was breaking, Jesus stood on the beach, yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. So Jesus said to them, Children, you do not have any fish, do you? They answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast your nets on the right side of the boat and you will find a catch. And so they cast, and then they were not able to haul it in because of the great number of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, "'It's the Lord.' So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, about a hundred yards away, dragging the net full of fish." So when they got out on the land, they saw charcoal and a fire already laid and the fish placed on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have now caught. And Simon Peter went and drew the net to the land full of large fish and 153. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples ventured to question Him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus came, took bread, and gave it to them and the fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus was manifested to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. He said to him, tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourselves and walk wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. Now this, he said, signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, "'Follow me.'" Peter turned around, saw the disciples whom Jesus loved following them the one whom had already leaned back on the bosom at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? So Simon Peter seeing, said, Jesus, Lord, what is it about this man? Jesus said to him, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? Follow me. Therefore this saying went out among the brethren that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but only if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? Well, this morning with that large portion of Scripture, there are three lessons that I want us to leave here this morning with that should help us and help you better understand how we can retain a right relationship with Jesus Christ. We see that number one, retaining a right relationship with Jesus begins with love. Secondly, retaining a right relationship begins with sacrifice. And thirdly, uh, thirdly, retaining a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ begins with following. Let us look at each one of these in details. Retaining a right relationship begins with love. What do I mean when I say that uh, it begins with love? Now, don't confuse me right out of the gate. Because our position for those who are in Christ Jesus is righteousness before God. And if you're a child of God, you can never lose your sonship in the Lord. And as a father of four, fixing to be five children... You know, my children are always my children. They may do something this week, today, maybe even during this service that would upset me as their father. But no matter what they do, they will always be my children. And I will always be their daddy. But the joy that we share with one another may be changed for a season. It may be affected for a period of time in our lives. But they will always be my sons and my daughters. And so we as who are in Christ, no matter what we do, no matter what kind of life we live, no matter what kind of mistakes we live, if we are truly regenerated in Christ, we will always be children of God, daughters and sons. And so making sure that our relationship with our Father is in check is pretty important. Now the reality is, is wouldn't you agree that relationships are vital... Now, whether we have relationships in the marriage, whether we have friendship relationship, whether we have relationships with our bosses, with our teachers, no matter where we have relationships, they are vital within the human nature of mankind. And they are very important. And so our relationship with Jesus Christ is number one important in our lives. And so the question is, do we love our Father? And what does that look like? Let us look at the first few verses. He says, Jesus, after these things, manifested Himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And He manifested Himself in a certain way. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were there. And they were together. And Simon Peter says, I'm going fishing. And they said also, We will go with you. And they went out and they got into the boat. And that night it says they caught nothing. The first thing that we need to ask ourselves in this passage is after what things? What things? Well, this is a normal saying in the book of John. As we study through the whole book of John, we see this mentioned quite often. It's referring to the things that have taken place in chapter 20, like the resurrection, like Mary announcing to the disciples that she had seen the risen Lord, Jesus appears to the disciples in chapter 20, and then eight days later He appears again to Doubting Thomas. The Greek word here after these things is metatata, and it simply implies an indefinite lapse of time. It's the same words that's used in chapter 2, verse 12, chapter 3, verse 22, as He says, after these things, Jesus and His disciples came into Judea. We see it in chapter 5, verse 1, and so on, and so on, and so on. But it doesn't always mean a long period of time. And so, after these events had taken place, we are told that Jesus again had manifested Himself to the disciples. Now this is the Sea of Tiberius, it's the same as the Sea of Galilee. People would call these seas differently depending on where they were at. If they were in Galilee, they would call it the Sea of Galilee. If they were in Tiberias, they would call it the Sea of Tiberias. If you remember where Jesus resurrected the demon from the man, that's where he called it the sea of gahennasart and so that's where he was and so really it's talking about the sea of galilee and so jesus shows up and appears again for the third time to these seven disciples five are named two are not named we see peter we see doubting thomas we see nathaniel and if you remember in in john in john 1 philip came and said we have found jesus Of Nazareth, And He said, anything good come out of Nazareth? And so Jesus saw them and He said, hey, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree, and that's all it took to sell Jesus out. And He said, you are the Christ. And so then we see the sons of Zebedee. There's James and there's John and two others that are not named. And so what's important as we look at this, we have the setting. We know the who. Who is here? We know what, what they're doing. Because John, uh, because in Matthew chapter twenty-eight, verse sixteen, it tells us, "But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated." And so, in Matthew, we understand why all these disciples are here in Galilee because they were instructed to go to the mountain which they were designated. And so we know the where. They're in Galilee. They're in the Sea of Tiberias. We know the when because it took place after these things, after chapter 20, after the resurrection and the ascension. So we know the time. When. We know it's after the resurrection. We know it's before the ascension. So we have a time frame. So we have the who. We have the what. We have the where. We have the when. The question is, why? Why are they there? Are they there to to make a living? Are they there to return to the normal mundane things of life? Are they there to continue back into their natural lifestyle of fishing? To build nets? Because that's what they're doing. Simon in verse 3 says, I'm going fishing. You see, Peter's a leader. But something's happening in the heart of Peter that we don't see right on the surface. In the book of Matthew, these men are instructed to go and wait at a mountain which Jesus had told them to go. And then we come to verse 3 and Peter says, I'm going fishing. What's happening? You see, Peter's relationship to Christ at this moment is reflected by his actions. He is fishing. Yes, he's in Galilee, but he's not at the mountain waiting like God called him to do. He's not doing exactly what God had commanded him to do and the others. Peter is no fool. He knew Christ well. He was bold for Christ. Peter was bold enough, if you remember, to even rebuke Christ when Jesus came and said, I'm going to wash your feet. And he goes, You're not washing my feet, and may it never be. Not only did he rebuke him and say, You're not going to do it, he's going to say, Wash my whole body, he's going to try to tell him how to do it. Peter knew Jesus well. He denied them three times after saying, I will never forsake you. They may all leave you, but I will never leave you. And then he denies them three times. If you remember, he tries to stop the crucifixion in the garden of Gethsemane as he chops off the man's ear. Peter knows Christ well. And he's willing to stand up for Christ. But you see, Peter's relationship here in John chapter 21 is maybe not where it should be Maybe not where it should have been. And really, that's a great question for us to ask ourselves this morning. Is our relationship with Christ today where it should be? Do we love Christ and do our actions show that we love Christ? Because retaining a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ always begins with love. If you love me, He says, you will keep my commandments. And let me ask you this morning, are you doing what God has called you to do? Well, I'm not sure what that is. You might say, well, it starts out by sharing your faith. It starts out by uh, beginning to disciple people. It starts out by beginning to pray for one another, to care for one another, to give thanks in all things, in all circumstances. It begins by believing the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are some things that we are called to do, all of us. And so we can start there. But Peter is not following. Though he is a leader, he's saying, I'm going fishing. Maybe Peter in his heart is struggling. Maybe he understands that he's not where he should be. And all that he has done is maybe weighing in on him on the forefront of his mind as he thinks about the failures that he's had with Christ. Christ is is nowhere around. He doesn't see Christ. He's struggling with these things and maybe he's thinking, listen man, I just need to go back to fishing. I've denied Christ three times. I can't keep my mouth shut. I almost drowned because of my lack of faith. I tried to tell the Lord of hosts, the Creator of heaven and earth, what I was going to do, what He wasn't going to do. Maybe... Peter had felt like a lousy follower of Christ. Maybe a pitiful disciple. Whatever it was that he was feeling, he says, I'm going fishing. I'll go back to what I used to do and start all over. I might not be any good at being a disciple, but I know I can fish. And as I thought about it, I thought, oh really Peter, you haven't been so successful since... Jesus is not around. Only when Jesus comes around and says, throw your nets over here, is He successful. How many of us this morning are on the verge of going back? How many of us are struggling with life? Life is hard. Jesus seems to be nowhere in our lives. We pray, but we don't hear God. How many of us are on the verge of going backwards in our lives with Jesus Christ? Don't you think Peter's experiencing this in some fashion? As he reflects on his life and his failures. Jesus is nowhere around. He's struggling with that. He goes, man, I'm just going to go back fishing. I'm going to go back to doing what I used to do good. You feel defeated today. You want to throw in the towel and the Christian walk and just go back to doing what you used to do. You see, there are pastors, there are leaders, there are servants and others that God has called to serve Him. But something has happened in your relationship with the Lord and is just maybe not where it should be. And all you can think about is throwing in the towel, going back to, to fishing. You see, as leaders, whatever it is that you lead in, everybody at some point in their Christian walk should become a leader whether it's you're leading your family, whether it's you're leading worship, whether it's you're leading Sunday school classes, serving within the church, as a leader, listen, people will follow you. They will look to you for direction. They will notice what's happening in your life. And that's what we see right here. Is Simon Peter says, I'm going fishing. Listen to what they said. They said to him, we will also come with you. They went out of that night And they caught nothing. Jesus had commissioned these folks in chapter 20 of 21. and said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I also send you. Did He commission them to go out fishing? No, He told them, I will make you fishers of men. And they were trying to catch fish when they should have been getting ready to catch men. Because no matter how good of a fisherman Peter was, he wasn't showing Christ's love by doing things His own way. You may be this morning struggling with some things in life. You may be even justifying in your own mind, walking backwards. Listen, I know it's possible. I've done it in my own life. As we moved here, I've struggled with some things. And I've caught myself backing up. Instead of reminding myself that I'm on task in what God has commissioned me to do. And so this morning you may be struggling in what God has called you to do. And let me tell you, until you get to doing what God has called you to do, you will never be fulfilled in your life. You will always search for the next best thing to give you joyment, give you happiness, instead of doing what God has called you to do you will always draw people with you and may not be successful at what you do. And Peter thought he was a good fisherman, but it says that night he caught nothing. The Lord in His ability, I believe, withheld the fish from His catch. As they're coming back in from a long night fishing, day is now breaking, Jesus is standing on the beach of Tiberias, Yet the disciples don't know that it's Jesus. They they can't see him that well. They don't understand who it is. And Jesus cries out to them, Children, do you have any fish? And he says, No, we don't cast your net on the right side and you'll catch fish. And so they did that. And they caught so many that they were not able to haul it in because of the great number of fish. You know, when I was on vacation, I did a lot of fishing. I'm just going to tell you, I caught a lot of fish too. And I was out with my brother-in-law, Jess, and we went fishing about 6 a.m. that morning. And so I woke up about 5 o'clock and got ready and ate breakfast. And we went fishing. And boy, we caught a lot of fish. We were tired. We got back in just enough time to get the boat clean, get the fish clean, clean ourselves. And then we went off to church on Wednesday evening. And there we worshiped. And then we got done and my dad about 9.30 said, son, let's go out into the river and go gigging. And so I said, all right, let's go. And so at 9.30 I loaded up and went to the house, got changed, got back in the boat, went back out in the river and gigged all night and got in about 4 a.m. And let me tell you, I was tired. And I'm thinking, man, I'm supposed to be on vacation getting rest and I'm burnt out. But, but through that, I'm, I'm reminded of how tired these men must have been. After fishing all night long. And then this man appears to them on the shore. They have no idea who it is, but it's Jesus. And he says, hey guys, children, it's the same idea in the Greek as hey guys, okay? And so he says, hey guys, you don't have any fish, do you? And it's almost... Listen, if you've ever been out fishing all day and you get back into the house and you caught nothing, one of the worst questions that somebody could ask is, did you catch any fish? Well, no. Thanks for asking. And so, you know, he doesn't, Jesus doesn't ask him because he doesn't know. Christ knows all things. He knew where the fish were. He knew that they hadn't caught anything. He says this, cast your nets on the right side of the boat and you will find a catch. And so they did. And they were not able to haul it in because of the great number of fish. You see, I'm always willing to listen to suggestions when I'm not successful at something. Okay? I'm not a successful elk hunter. And most of you probably know it because I've called you and said, where can you go to kill an elk? Uh, as a fisherman, when I'm not successful and I'm not doing well, I don't have a problem saying, where would you catch those fish? And here these men are probably willing to do about anything to catch fish because they've been out all night. they caught nothing. And this man on the beach says, throw over there and you'll catch a lot of fish. You know, when I used to fish tournaments, my partner would be doing really well. He'd be reeling into fish. And I wouldn't catch anything. And I'd say, dude, what am I doing, man? What are you throwing first? What are you using? So then I'd switch that. And he'd say, well, throw over there. So I'd throw over there and I'd catch a fish. You see, we're always willing to listen to advice. And that's what these men did. They listened. They cast it and they caught. Jesus didn't, I don't think, guess where the fish were. He had them come right there where He wanted them. It gives us a great picture of the sovereignty of God and how God is in control of every aspect of our lives. Even this morning as we pray for Rosemary Sweet, God is sovereign over everything that happens in her life. He knows what's going on. It's not a surprise to Him. And He is in control. And that's why we can have hope and understanding that God is in control and He allows things to happen in our lives so that we might bring glory and honor to Him. And here we see the sovereignty of Christ and he, as He's able to control these fish. And you see, you can feel that you're not doing a good job as a Christian. I think we all come across that at some point in our life. And you can even decide to walk away from God and what He's called you to do. But in your own strength and your own ability, you will never catch the great fish that God has prepared for you when you do it God's way. Sometimes I ponder about my own life, about my family, and in South Carolina. Why why couldn't God put me in a church in South Carolina? Surely that's an acceptable question. He moves us all the way to Montana. Why? Why? Well, you know, I think that the reality is is I was able to preach Sunday the 14th at the church I was saved at. And you know, as I preached this message, God taught me something that I had questioned since we've been here. Why Montana? And you know what God showed me through this lesson? Is that when I do it God's way, God will prepare the fish to be caught. Do you realize that I shared a message with over 300 people and not one soul came to know Jesus Christ? But the day I got back, the day I walked into my office, I sat down, someone walks in the door, a young lady, and I was able to share the blue book with her and I told her about the hope of Jesus Christ and she received Jesus Christ and prayed to receive Him. And then it was like God confirmed to me, listen, Stuart, as long as you fish where I tell you to fish, you will catch fish. Listen, this morning I'm telling you, if God has called you to do something, don't backpedal. Be faithful to do what God has called you to do because He will begin to show you a great catch. And that's what He did for me through this message. Now, the disciple whom Jesus loved, which is John, sees that this man is the Lord. Peter doesn't get it. I mean, I only have to read the Bible. Peter got to live it out. He got to see the miracles of Jesus in his life. And as I read this passage, my mind went so quick to Luke chapter 5 that I couldn't think about anything else. As as I'm thinking, Jesus says, cast your nets on the right side of the boat. Right immediately, my mind goes to Luke chapter 5. If you remember that in Luke chapter 5... Here Jesus is standing on the lake of Gehennazart, the lake of Tiberias. And He's teaching these people, this multitude of people that have crowded around Him. And and we find that here uh, Peter had been out fishing all night. He's come back in. They're cleaning their nets. And Jesus says, Hey, get in this boat and push me out. And he goes out where he can teach because the crowds are so big. And so he's teaching from the boat, Peter. He's teaching them some great lessons, all these people, and then he's done teaching. Jesus says, take me out into the deep. Listen, God's Word is fabulous. Every word is breathed and stroked by the breath of God. And when He says, carry me out into the deep, it's no surprise. He says, carry me out into the deep and cast your nets. You will have a catch. And Peter, being the professional fisherman, begins, uh, I can see it now, Jesus, you're a teacher, I'm a fisherman, okay? You stick to the teaching, I'll stick to the fishing. I've been out fishing all night, and really, Lord Jesus, that's when fishing's to be done at nighttime, not in the daytime. And not only that, we have the wrong nets. You want me to push out into the deep, I'm throwing shallow water nets. I'm tired, I'm wore out, but being you say so, I'll throw. And what happens? They catch a multitude of fish. And how Peter misses this really gives me the idea that his heart is not right with the Lord Jesus. Here we see in Luke chapter 5, he says, Go away from me, for I am a sinful man. But listen to what he says then. He says, And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not fear. From now on, you will be catching men. You will be catching men. Peter, what are you doing fishing? When we do what it is God calls us to do, even when it doesn't make sense, people are impacted by our decisions. Lives are changed. People are saved. That's faith, by the way. Living out of obedience, not understanding. Notice what it says in verse 11. They followed Him. They. That's in the plural. We're talking about Peter. But because of Peter's obedience to Christ, they, plural, follow Jesus Christ. But our passage today, the act of disobedience and fishing when God called them to wait at the mountain in Galilee in which He told them, brought about leading others in the wrong direction And you can believe that the actions we live out will affect others. And as a parent, this is something I see in my daily lives. As a leader in my parents, listen, if I don't bring my kids to church on Sunday, they're not going to debate with me that I'm wrong. What are they going to do? They're going to follow my direction. If if I don't get in the Word and teach my kids the Word of God, they're not going to debate with me that says, Daddy, you need to teach us the Word of God. They're going to follow my direction. And so as parents, we can all lead our kids in the wrong direction. As leaders in the church, we can lead others who are following us in the wrong direction when we set bad examples. Now there is a time when they will grow up and they can make decisions on their own like me. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I grew up following my father's footsteps. I didn't go to church. I didn't read the Bible. But as I grew older, God began to mold me and make me into a man of God after His own heart. Even though I failed a lot, God still sovereignly brought me in. And now I'm able to teach my kids. Peter missed it. Disobedience brought about wrong leading. Listen, the reality is, is both obedience and disobedience bring about a following. The question is is where are we going to lead with? Obedience or disobedience? Peter's missed it. John got it. He says, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. And when Peter hears that it's the Christ, he comes unglued. Peter's back. He puts on his cloak and he jumps out of the boat. Now, I don't think he was naked, but with his robe on now, he jumps into the water and he swims to shore. Now the others in a more normal way, which is typical, they bring the boat back to shore dragging the nets of fish. And when they got out of the land, Jesus had already prepared fish, it says. The fire was ready. There's fish on the fire. There's bread on the fire. But Jesus says something next that makes me think and ask myself a question. He says this, Jesus said, bring some fish which you have now caught. Why? He had fish on the fire. He had bread on the fire. Do you think He didn't have enough? Well, I hope that the context will shortly show us why. In verse 11 he says said, "Simon Peter went up, he drew the, the, the net to the land full of large fish, and in and 153, to be exact, and all there were so many, the net was not born. He listens. He follows with God, He brings the fish back. And notice something else here that when God does something, he does it right. There's a large number of fish and a large size of fish. Now, don't get caught up in the numbers, okay? We can get caught up in numbers in our church. We can get caught up in numbers in Scripture. And there are many interpretations of what 153 stands for. But what he's saying here is that there's a lot of fish. He's saying there's a lot of fish. We don't have to try to spiritualize what the number 153 means. It simply means there's a lot of fish. And listen, if you're a true fisherman, You know how many fish you catch. When I went out fishing with Jess on that Wednesday, we caught 38 fish. We counted every one of them. We tried our darndest to get to 40, but we couldn't. But we knew exactly how many fish we caught. Numbers matter to fishermen. And by the way, this is most likely the only true fishing story you've ever heard. Maybe even mine. I may have been off. We probably caught 50 He's simply saying there's a lot of fish. The disciples then came to breakfast. None of them dared to ask, Who is this man? For they knew it was the Lord. They ate. And then we see in verses 15 to 17, after they had finished eating, Jesus began to question Peter. He began to question him. And he says, Simon Peter, son of John, do you love me more than these? And now we get to the context of the extra fish. What are these? Well, you remember the fish that he brought from the boat? The extra fish that Jesus called Peter to go get? He's now using them as an illustration. You see, he says, Peter, do you love me more than these? And I can almost see him point to these fish. Now they're debated who the, these are, it could be the disciples, it could be the boat, it could be the nets, but I think contextually it's the fish. Because he knows if you're a true fisherman, you know how fishing can become an idol in your life. And as a fisherman, growing up, as I idolized it, as I worshiped it, to me it makes sense. Do you love me more than these? You see, a right relationship, retaining a right relationship, always begins with love. Just imagine Jesus sitting there with you this morning. In your very seat next to you, and he asked you, Stuart, you personalize it. Do you love me more than these? Now, for you, you have to ask yourself the question what is it? Do you love me more than these in your life? Is it your job? Is it fishing? Is it sports? Do you love me more than anyone? Is it your family, your mother, your father, your child? Is it fame? Is it fortune? Is it wealth? Is it health? Do you love me more than whatever you fill in the blank? God spoke to my heart in this message. As He began to penetrate me and ask me, do you love me more than your family, Stuart? Do you love me more than, than going fishing? Do you, Stewart?" And I had to evaluate my own life. And I hope this morning that God will begin to reveal to you what it is that you love more in your life than the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when He begins to reveal that to you, it puts you in a place where you can begin to grow and begin to see the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ in your relationship to Him. Your faith and my faith should always result in actions. James says, faith without works is dead. You can say yes, but what are your actions truly showing today? Our actions are a good sign of what's happening on the inside. Peter's actions were showing that his love for fishing was outweighing his love for the Lord Jesus. And so Jesus said to him, If you love me, then tend my lambs. I've already told you that I would make you fishers of men. What are you doing fishing, Peter? He says again a second time, "'Do you love Me?' The NIV translates it a second time, "'Do you truly love Me?' I could see Peter's heart's breaking now as Christ is asking him a second time, "'Do you love Me?' And he says, "'Yes, Lord, You know that I love You.'" He said to him, "'Shepherd My sheep.'" And then third time, he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. Though I'm fishing, though it looks bad, God, you know the Greek word know means gnosko. It means knowledge gained through experience. You know my heart. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Listen, in order to retain a right relationship with Christ, we must love the Lord Jesus Christ more than everything else in our lives. Everything. We need to have the love of Christ more than the love of the world and the things in it. And secondly, the thing that we need to remember is that retaining a right relationship begins with sacrifice. Now listen, the first point was really heavy, the next two will go real smooth. So don't think, boy, he's going to preach for two hours this morning. Retaining a right relationship begins with sacrifice. Sacrificing our time this morning, sacrificing our lives, sacrificing our own children, our own homes, our own everything we own. Sacrifice... Is a necessity in retaining a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why I ask Luke to read Luke chapter nine, verse 23, because we need to learn to deny ourselves daily and take up our cross. He says, "Truly, truly, I say to you, knew you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished, but when you grow old, he said, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and bring you where you wish to not go. And now he said this thing signifying by what kind of death that he would glorify God by. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Jesus is telling Peter that the cost of following me is death. Death even on a cross. When you were a child, listen Peter, you did what you wanted to do. As a young Christian, you thought of yourself. And not others, but when you grow up physically, when you grow up spiritually, you will sacrifice your life for my sake and for the sake of others. Then Christ gives him an imperative, a command follow me. Sacrifice is vital. Component in our, in retaining a right relationship with Jesus Christ. And listen, unbelievers, if you're here this morning and you're not following Jesus Christ, listen, I want to give you a warning that following Jesus Christ will cost you everything. Don't listen to these prosperity preachers that tell you, oh, you can gain the world by becoming a Christian. You do in eternity. But God doesn't promise us health. He doesn't promise us wealth. What He does promise us is to forgive us our sins that we might have eternal life with Him when we step out of this life and into the next life. It will cost you everything. God will begin to, to sift you and mold you in a relationship and to refine you like gold. And that process sometimes hurts. You know, as I was on the phone yesterday with Pam Strumpfurt, John Strumpfurt, she's in the hospital yesterday getting, uh, she had an operation from kidney stones. And as I talked to John, John said, listen man, I'm just we feel like we're just going through one thing after the other. And I said, brother, the refining process hurts. But remember, God is faithful. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And this morning, if you're in that refining process, God bless you, that means God's growing you. Begin to look upward and ask the Lord what He's trying to show you and teach you through this process. Jesus Christ became our sacrifice. He became sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God. And I want to ask you this morning, have you believed the Gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ? It's the power to save, Paul says. Works don't save us, but Christ does. And Christ worked on the cross. He said it's finished. It's paid in full. He laid down His life for us. And Christ showed us an example to take up our own life daily. Deny it. To follow Him. A right relationship begins with the love. begins with sacrifice and being willing to give your life over to Jesus Christ and making Him the Lord of your life. But it doesn't end there. Retaining our right relationship lastly begins with following. Following. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He didn't say, follow me and I will make you wealthy and healthy. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Peter seeing him said, Jesus, speaking about John, Lord, what about this man? What about John? Is he going to die too? How is he going to die? Jesus said to him, Listen, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Listen, it's none of our business what happens to others. He's saying, John, it's none of your bit Peter, it's none of your business what happens to John. It's none of our concern what God has for someone else. Our focus should be what God has for us for you as individuals and for me as an individual, not for others. Peter is thinking about himself. What is he doing? He's worried about John. And if you're here this morning, you're thinking, man, this is a great message. I wish so-and-so was here. Don't miss the message for yourself. Because that's what John's doing. he says, therefore... This saying went about among the brethren that the disciple would not die. Yet, Jesus did not say that. He wouldn't die. But only if I wanted to remain until I come. What is that to you? We need to be concerned about ourselves this morning. We need to be worried about what's happening in Stuart's life. Because Stuart has junk. You have your own junk. And when we start worrying about other people's junk, we miss what God's trying to do for us. And when you begin to follow what the, what the Lord has called you to do, when you begin to love, when you begin to sacrifice, when you begin to follow and all three of those things are, are right in your life, you will begin retaining that right relationship in the center of God's will in your life and God will begin to do mighty works in your life. He will begin to reach this community for the gospel of Jesus Christ because we have to work together to reach them. They will be impacted by your obedience. I want to end with three questions this morning. Number one, have you caught any fish lately? Have you caught any fish lately? When's the last time you've had the opportunity to sit down with an individual person and and lead them to the Lord Jesus Christ from start to finish? We have the greatest message that's ever been given to us. And if statistics are right, 98% of people sitting in these pews have never led a single person to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why I offer these little books for you. They're simple. All you've got to do is read it to the person. And when you get to the end, you say, would you like to pray to receive Christ for yourself? And they guess what they're going to say? Yes or no? And you know what? You'll be surprised how many times people say yes just by reading this book to them. When's the last time you caught any fish? Secondly, are you even fishing this morning? Or are you focused on everything else in life? We've been called to be fishers of men. Fishers of men. Young people, this world will try to suck you in to doing everything else but making fishers of men this morning I want to challenge you to keep focused on the kingdom things. And thirdly, are you fishing in your own strength? Are you fishing your own way or the way God's called you to fish? You may catch a lot of small little fish that are not even edible, but I'd rather catch a few flounder, redfish, trout that are good and edible than to catch a bunch of trash fish. And when we do it our own way, we sometimes catch a bunch of trash fish. When we do it God's way, we catch things that build and grow and bear fruit. And then lastly this morning, how's your relationship with the Lord Jesus? I pray that if you don't have one this morning, you will turn your life over to Jesus Christ. We want to give you that opportunity this morning to to come forward, to pray to receive Christ. We're willing to meet you here and to offer uh, suggestions on what you're going through. We offer you prayer to come and say, Listen, Pastor, we're struggling with some things in our marriage. We're struggling with things in our life. We just want you to pray for us. And allow us as an elder board to begin to spiritually pray for you so that you might grow into the greatness and goodness of Christ. And if you have a relationship this morning with Christ, As we come forward this morning, begin to pray for these people if they come forward. And listen, most of the time people don't come forward. That's okay. Don't feel pressured. But if you want prayer, genuine prayer, if you want genuine repentance, if you want genuine change, you come forward and allow God to begin to work in your life. Let's go to the Lord.